we had a lovely evening on Monday with Jane and Gordon, and we were talking about uh, different things in the church and how we're moving forwards. And we are not a, a, a regular church. How many of you have already realised that? And uh, what you're seeing more and more is that we have certain weekends where we have a lot of guests and visitors, and then other times when we don't. And uh, I like I like the way Gordon is able to just capture the now and and put it into everyday language. And he said it's a bit like a sandwich, isn't it? And if you can think about the touch point weekends are. High profile, lots of visitors for a specific purpose in the nation. Can you do that? And then the times in between are a little bit like what's in the middle of these two slices of bread. You got that? So say we were having a a touch point at the beginning of every month regularly. You'd have three weekends where it's just family. Yes? So imagine yourself are now looking at the buffet table. And you know what it's like when the sandwiches are out and there's one slice of ham And then there's this sandwich here, and it's chicken, tikka, whatever, you know, coronation chicken, and it's all (laughs) overflowing. We can make the lean moments as full as we want them to be. Do you hear me? Do you know what I'm saying? I'm saying if you approach the body of which we are a part, any one of us, if we approach it like this, oh, uh, Steve and Jenny are away, it's not going to be very good this week. That's exactly what it's going to be. The sandwich filling is you. The sandwich filling is you. If touch point is only good because we have bodies in, we're looking at the wrong thing. We have to say, okay, Lord, what, what have you got us in here? What season have you got us in? The Lord has decided... Can should be as can is. As uh, what I mean is, we are facilitating something for the nation to shift, and that means we want everybody full on at touch point weekends. Not coming to touch point weekends, going, how can I be ministered to? But how can I become a minister? That's you and me, then, Steve. If you help me, I'll get onto my preach. But until you get it, I've got to keep saying it. But then the times in between are going to be times when the Lord equips, rearranges, changes and causes us to have a stretch like, like, so that we're ready to be what he wants us to be when it's touch point. If he wants us to be a prototype, which is making us, that means we haven't got a pattern to follow. We can't go to somebody else and say, well, we're going to do it like them or like them. What he does is what he does with us here in the lean moments, in the piece of ham or the egg sandwich bit, the bit in the middle, so that the sides of the bread are better. Do you know what I mean? So that the, the, so that the touch point weekends are better. So Steve and I need, need to know that you're full on with the way that the vision and the church is heading because we are in for the ride of our lives. We are, and it, we, we can't just say, well, we're same old or we're just like any other church. The Lord's looking down from heaven, and he's, at head of the year, he will be setting us on a trajectory. Oh, I like that. That's as good as behoves, trajectory. He sees can as is now, 
And he sees where he wants us to be by Passover and by Pentecost and by head of the year next year. He has already got things in his mind. No eye has seen, no ear has heard what God has prepared. Now we can pull that word down for me personally or we can pull it down for us corporately. There are things that you don't know of yet that are being discussed and are being uh, dreamed about that could become a possibility that would blow your mind. But out of time, the enemy can get hold of those, rip them apart and make nothing of them. Mary pondered some things in her heart. And there are things that the Lord has begun to speak over can if we will hold steady and if we will dig in and if we will allow that, that piece of ham to be what it needs to be in between the touchpoint weekends, we will see something that only others could dream about. Steve said to me years ago when we used to stand behind the tables, you know, and I used to moan, why have I got to do this? Why should I be standing behind this book table? I hate this. I'm not called for this. And he said, Jenny, if you will do today what others aren't prepared to do, you will enjoy tomorrow what others can't. And Dave Hawthorne reminded me this week that, that by the end of this year, Steve and I will have had the privilege of standing on five of the seven continents of the world. Now, that's not because we're any big shakes, but God knows in my heart the dream to travel. He knew that when I was a little girl growing up. And here I am, fulfilling destiny, enjoying it. It's not always easy, but knowing that I'm in the right place at the right time doing the right thing. There's no greater joy on the earth to know that you're fulfilling than to know you're fulfilling his heart. And it's our job and our privilege to make sure that every single member of Kingdom Advance Network is in the right place doing the right thing and your heart is full. That you're enjoying the journey. What if we go through life and we end up going, well, what was all that about? Jesus has come that we might have life and life abundantly. Am I speaking to anybody? So I want you to be prepared that there will be great masses of people here one weekend and the next weekend you'll be looking around and it'll be that point that the Lord will rise up on the inside of you because there's things that you need to do in the lean times to make the good times I felt like it was a word and he just, that's all Gordon said was, he says, it's a bit like a sandwich, two thick slices of bread and then this little bit of filling in the middle. What are we going to do with the filling? You can be a mouldy egg sandwich if you want or you can be that coronation chicken. So it's up to you. Tell your neighbour I'm going to be the best. It is a privilege to be in the house and Steve and I check in. If we're not in the house on a Sunday, we check in with different people to see who said what? What happened? What was the atmosphere like? Did Jesus show himself? You know, I want, to, I want to know that you're coming because you want to encounter him and move forward. It's great to have Helen and Steve and the children with us. You know, they live over in Cambridge and they, they come over and stay for the weekend just to be a part of this family. You know, it's amazing to me. And there are others. Gwen and her husband have now signed on their house. They're moving into the area. There's others that are desperate to move into the area. Why? Because they know that God is on the move here and something's about to happen. And I was looking through this week some of the prophecies that Jane Hammond spoke out uh, about our new place. And I'm telling you, woohoo, the Lord is on the move. So, shall I get to the preach now? A few, few thoughts. What is divine DNA? Why were we placed here? What was God's intent and purpose? If you go to Psalm 8, let's have a look at this, this scripture. I was gonna, we were going to sing it today, but we'll, uh, we'll just look at it. 
Psalm 8 verse 1. I've called this reformed identity from divine DNA. So what is DNA? This is what it says in Psalm 8, 1 to 6. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth, who has set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, you have ordained strength because of your enemies, that you might steal the enemy and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels and have crowned him, say crowned him, with glory and honour. You've given dominion over the works of your hands and you've put all things under his feet. This scripture is then repeated in Matthew when Jesus uses the same scripture and he changes the word strength to praise. You have ordained praise because of your enemies. We know that there's a strength in our praising and in our worshipping. So Psalm 8 is our foundation. God has made man a little lower than the angels. If you look at the screen, that is divinity. God has made man a little lower than the angels, and crowned him with glory and honor, that is dignity. God has made man to rule over the works of his hands and has put all things under his feet, that is dominion. Whether you like it or not, that's what he said. I've made you a little lower than the angels. A little lower than the angels. A little lower than the angels. Angels can do amazing things. And you're just a little bit lower than the angels. He's crowned you with glory and honor. So let's talk about what what is divinity then. Divinity is that attribute that is only given to the divine, to God, God Almighty. Since the beginning of time, people have searched for answers to why they're here, the meaning of life. And here, the psalmist, I think it was David, was no different. Who are you, God, that you would take account of me? You are so lofty and so high. Who are you that you would be mindful of me? With a touch of his hand, he created the moon and stars. And David says, how can you be mindful of me when you've done all this? After Lucifer's fall, the earth was in chaos. You know that Lucifer fell before the world was formed. The world was without form and void, and there was a chaotic... Because when Satan fell, he tried to set up a kingdom mirrored alike on God's kingdom, but it was a mess, and God spoke into the darkness and said, let there be light. If you look at Genesis 1.1 and Genesis 1.2, you've got God the Father there, you've got the Holy Spirit hovering, and he said, let there be light. And there was our Lord Jesus right there, the three of them. So the Lord looks at the earth and says, how can I make sure that this chaotic place is put in order and stays in order and he creates man? How can I make certain it remains in order and retains its glorious splendor that I intended that manifests my brilliance and glory? You know, I've been thinking, and this is where my meditation is at the moment, about heaven. Jesus was in heaven, came to earth, and the earth, God is looking to restore the earth back to its original. Now, everything God does is good, great, beautiful, brilliant. And, um, and I've been thinking like this, you know, if... 
if there's anything in my life around me that is not beautiful, brilliant, and displays his splendor and glory, it's not from him. If I have a desire to make anything in my life glorious, better, beautiful, that's because there's a desire in me that the creator has put there to make heaven on earth. Are you with me? His purpose for Adam and Eve was not just so that he could walk and talk with them. It was so that they would cause the earth to look like a reflection of heaven. And you think, I don't know how much meditation you do on heaven. Pretty nice place. Pretty nice place. Gold, treasures. Even when God made the earth and set Adam in there to to work the garden and to, to, to do what he did... There was treasure in the earth for him to find. It's all there. He wants your life beautiful, filled with beauty. Not just getting by. Hello? Not not just getting by. Jesus didn't, when he came, he didn't say, I have come that you might get by and maintain and, you know, just be happy as you are. He said, I've come that you might have life and life abundantly. Why would he give us that teaser? Is he a liar? No, he's not. He said, I've come that you might have life and life abundantly. I've got a way for your life to be transformed, for you to to be in an abundance of everything you need in abundance. Well, you don't have to go for it if you don't want, but I'm going to go for it. I am going to go for it. So God says, how can I make certain it, it remains in, in order? He looked down and made the decision to restructure the earth to its original. So he separated light from darkness, night from day. He brought the waters down, which were above the firmament. Dry land appears, vegetation, fruit trees. Everything begins to reproduce after its own kind. There's harmony and order. The birds are flying, the fish are swimming, the stars are shining, the moon is rising in the night shift, and the sun is ruling by day. You all know that because you read your Bible. The world is blessed just as he wanted it to be. And then he says, how can I be sure it stays in harmony and agreement? From this point, he sees Lucifer, a backslidden angel, wreaking havoc in this realm. And he says, what are we going to do? 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 He has an answer to the chaos. And it's let us make man in our image. So at that point, what happened was Satan was in heaven. And he wanted to be like God. And God says, there's nobody like me. This town ain't big enough for the two of us. One of us has got to go. Satan is cast out of heaven. Can I just put something right in some folks' minds? It has never, ever been an equal argument. Never. Even though Satan, what does it say? He um, doesn't say he wanders about. Prowls, that's right, prowls around like a roaring lion. He has never, ever, and will never, ever be equal. Never. So the, 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 any battle that we face, it's never an equal thing. God is always, our God is stronger, our God is higher, our God is greater. Satan is a created being and he fell, he was cast out, there was never an argument. Because God says, pride has filled your heart, and because of that, you have, you're going. So he goes. So Satan is, is, 
is the Lord looks down and he sees this created being wreaking havoc and says, what's the answer going to be? I want this place to look like heaven. I have to have someone in there who is just like me. Oh, that's worth an hallelujah. I have to have someone in there. The answer to the chaos is, let us make man in our image. Now, the problem for Satan, of course, was when he was cast down, he thought at that point that he had come out from the authority of God and the mastery of God and that God was no longer over him. I can have free reign. And then what does the Lord do? He sets Adam and Eve from the dust of the earth and he puts him over him. So now Satan has a new master. Oh, I just love it. It must have been his worst nightmare. It must have been the most horrific moment of his existence when he saw Adam rise up out of the the dust of the earth and God breathing his very life into him. God empowering him to be just like him. Let us make man in our image, in our likeness, so that man can operate just like we can. But in the earth realm, how we live so low, how we live so... I mean, I'm talking to me here. I'm not saying I live any different. Circumstances around me, surrounding me right now, are... are Set against, set against, set against. And yet God says, the greater one is in you. There is a way through this and over this. You can overcome, 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 you can overcome. Amen. Amen. You keep amen and I'll go quick. Amen. Satan has a new master. So once more, Lucifer is about to be subservient to again have an authority over him. This time it wouldn't be God, it would be man. So this was the Lord saying to him, I am going to lock you into a living arrangement with man and he will have dominion over you. Not only did you once have to serve me, now you're going to be required to serve him. Do you know that Satan can serve the purposes of God? I had some wise advice while I was away this week and I was really under it. And I was thinking, I, I can't hear the Lord in all this. And this person said to me, you have to believe that God knows best and has your best interests. And this is the very best for you right now. And right there, I heard, my heart was just lifted up. You think about the most, the most worst thing in your life right now. It might be sickness, it might be lack, it might be fear, it might be something that's overtaken you. It might be, I don't know what it might be. The worst scenario that you can't see any way through and you have to come to a place of saying, This is Father's best for me. Has he made it happen? No, but he can surely use it for my good. Because he said, and I will will cause all things to work together for good for those who love me and are called according to my purpose. That sets your heart free right there. That sets your heart free. I am walking in God's very best today. It's from his hand, his goodness all the time. So, The concept of image, our image, you know, is to do with who man is and what he is so that God can be made manifest in us. And I hope that this, some of the things I'm saying and will say, will help us towards that realising our true identity. We have been given, like our Heavenly Father, authority and dominion in the earth 
The answer to the question of why God made men then, man then is so that we would reflect him. We would represent him. The word represent is a compound word. Re is a prefix and present is, to, is what is it to do. So to, to, to represent him means we are to represent God to the earth. We are, when it says we're ambassadors, sometimes, you know, an ambassador gets set in and, and they have a role to perform. Uh, uh, you know, nine to five, I'm an ambassador for this nation or for this person or whatever. But we are to represent God, to actually be the ones as the church and the body individuals to present him to the world, to constantly be presenting him. That's a big ask. We may need some prayer at the end of this, mightn't we? How do I begin to represent him, to represent him uh, to those around me? So to represent God is what we're intended to accomplish. In the creation of Adam, we can see that God is being presented again and again. The first man was the representation of God. So when we're thinking about the DNA, we know that our DNA comes from God. Some people think that depending on what kind of dust God was using when he was creating mankind, you know, it's reflected in the colour of the skin. That is, that is not true. No dirt is superior to any other dirt. It was just that he made us from what was already there. But when he said, and, he, and when it says he breathed into him and man became a living soul, that set us apart in our class from any other, from any other uh, part of creation. And we can only have unity with those who are made of the same type. That's why I find it very difficult to have a, any kind of relationship with an ostrich or a camel. Too many differences. But the, the point is, I can have complete harmony with God because I'm made from the same stuff. Oh, you should be rejoicing right there. We become, because God, God has made us the way he has, we are the crowning achievement of all that God is. Say that. The crowning achievement of all that God is. Humanity is the natural side of man. We have a body. Divinity is the spirit side of man. We have the nature and life of God in us. Is this good or what? Everything we see, whether it's the sun. I'm not saying I'm a good preacher. What I'm saying is this is exciting to me that... That part of the whole identity thing is understanding the fullness of what God has put in us. He chose you before the foundation of the world so that he could breathe his very life into you and me. So whether it's the sun, the moon, the stars, the snow-capped mountains, the valleys, the flowing streams, the lilies, roses that bloom, all of these wonders come out of the mind of God. But when you think about you and I, we didn't just spring from the mind of God. Rather, God said, in this human being, I am going to fully infuse them and put my mind in them. Do you see the difference? All the other creation came out of God, but, but what God said to Adam and what he's done with us is he says, I'm going to fill them with me. You should get up tomorrow morning and say, I'm filled with God. We are the mind of God on the earth, taking charge of this planet, just as he would. 
It says in 8 8 verse 5, we've been made a little lower than the angels. Angels in Hebrew is Elohim. It's one of the names of God. So you could read it, really read that scripture like this. You have made him a little lower than yourself. We're not God, but we're made in the image of God. He put his spirit on the inside of us. Listen to this where Peter writes, 2 Peter 1, 3 and 4. According as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue, whereby we are given exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be the partakers of the divine nature. So God has promised that there are things that we can access because we have the divine nature and can access to let that divine nature do its work in us. We have a divine nature in us. You're not normal. Tell your neighbor you're not normal. I knew there was something. You are not normal. We are not like an unregenerate person. We are, if you're filled with the Spirit of God, you should be rejoicing and dancing and praising and hollowing. Why? Because you're different. And the, the power of God is in you. You have access where others don't. Most people don't walk in their divine DNA because they don't see themselves as the creator, inten- as the creator intended. Divine means attributed, attributed to God. It's God's attributes. So what of God's attributes are in us? Now, some of the characteristics of the divine nature we can't learn. Did you hear me? Adam didn't go to a Bible study. He didn't have a Sunday school lesson. Never attended a school of theology or university. What happened? God breathed on him. God breathed on him. Now, listen to me, friends. In this house, we have to have the breath of God on us. When the Lord breathes on you, more is caught than taught. I'm not talking about somebody standing in a line and blowing on you. I don't agree with that. You don't need somebody to blow their breath on you. In fact, we had somebody at Touchpoint who came away and said, I'm all wet. Somebody's blown all over me or or spit all over me. I don't want those testimonies. You've got to find the breath of God. You've got to give time for the breath of God to come into you. I want us to lay hands on each other and I want us to release the power of the Holy Spirit over one another. We've got ministry team assigned to do that. We don't have to, it doesn't have to be my breath, I want God's breath. Amen? When the Lord breathes on you, more is caught than taught. And we have to know that the Holy Spirit has filled us, filled with wonder. We can't just say we're, we're filled with the Holy Spirit and have no demonstration, can we? We can't, be, we can't say we're filled with the Holy Spirit and not have any power. And if that means you have to go before him and say, God, I need a fresh filling and I'm not going to move from this place till I know I'm filled, till something has transacted, till some furniture has been rearranged. I, I really believe in the timing of God. I really believe that what he has assigned in my life right now is perfect timing. And I have a choice every day to choose him or the enemy, him 
or the enemy, him or the lies, him or the lies, truth or error, truth or deception. What has God said? 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 And friends, listen to me. We need one another to be speaking what God has said over us all the time. You need to be able to formulate God's promises. Today, I needed a word from the Lord. Today, I needed deliverance. Suzanne put her arm around me and she spoke a word into me. We need to be doing that for one another. You need to be looking out, listening out. How can what is God's divine DNA in me, his breath in me, how can that bless somebody else? When I come into church on those lean, you know, the ham bits, how can I be pouring out into somebody else that causes them to come alive, them to be renewed, them to be restored, them to be refreshed? Put your hand up like this. Lord, you can see everybody in here thinks they're a minister. Knows they're a minister, has divine DNA. Lord, you see those hands. There you go. All right. So we've been made a little lower than the angels, a little lower than God. I'm nearly through. We're going to catch the breath of God, yes? We're going to catch by divine DNA transfer what can never be taught in a church service. Who says amen to that? In order for us to have relationship, there has to be two of a kind. The root word for relationship is relate. And we have to relate to one another so that we can walk together. Now, that separation didn't exist between God and Adam. When it says that God came down and talked with Adam in the cool of the day, that phrase, cool of the day, uh, the word for call of the day is the same Hebrew root word as wind or breath. So when he came, he didn't say, so what have you been doing today? Give me a list of what you'd like to do today. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to shift a paradigm here when we're talking about relating to him. We can do our everyday with Jesus. We can do our daily devotions how we've done them all the years of our Christian life. Or we can ask the Lord for a fresh way to encounter him in the call of the day where his breath becomes what we follow. Where his breath is, his wind is what carries us in. Where we're not saying, I don't know what to do, Lord, but he's downloading to us all the time that fresh revelation. Yes? That's why Jesus came. Jesus carried death to the cross with all of its wickedness and all of its separation so that we could move into a supernatural sphere. God desires you to be natural in your humanity, but not limited to that. So he adds the super, your divinity, so that you can be supernatural. Yes? And to to comprehend that divine DNA, we have to understand what qualities is is he downloading. If I'm asking God to breathe his life over me and come into me in a new way, what is going to come into me? Shall I tell you? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. They're going to be straight in. God is love. Love is a who. 1 John 4, 8. Love is part of our nature. Love suffers long, is kind, does not envy, does not parade itself does not behave rudely or seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, rejoices with the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things. Those things are going to be transacted into us. That's a big amen there because I want it. God delivers because he loves. God heals because he loves. God guides us because he loves. 
we have to have a download of his love. So, part of our DNA, also, that, that scripture says in Psalm 8, 4 and 5, it says that he has crowned you. A brilliant crown of glory and honour has been placed on your head. So when we look at the Garden of Eden and Adam and Eve, he blessed them with unbelievable riches all around them in the garden. But he crowns you. He puts a crown on your head. And I want you to understand the glorious burden that he has put on you. That's a, that's a good, good phrase. Glorious burden that he has put on you. You have been crowned with glory and honour. What does it mean to be crowned with glory and honour? Glory is kabod. In the Hebrew, it's doxa in the, in the Greek. It's the weighty abundance of God. The Greek word is a true comprehension of a thing. It's intrinsic value. So we were made to manifest representing God to manifest his glory you've been crowned with it you've been crowned with it he hasn't dished it out I've got a bag of glory here catch some catch some you've been crowned with it it's like he's bestowed it on you it's like when when you have something bestowed on you it's like the Lord has come to you and actually imparted it himself he has put a crown on your head he has put honour on your shoulders He has robed you with glory and honour. It's not just the privilege of being able to manifest him. You've got glory and honour that you can wear, impart, live in. And some of that glory and honour is going to open doors for you. Some of that glory and honour is going to cause you to come up above circumstances and situations. That glory and honour is going to do its rightful work in your life and in my life. Amen. The Lord wants that glory to be yours. Paul says this, But we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, we are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. So you might say, well, I don't feel like I've got much glory and honour on me. I don't seem to have much favour on me. If you will persist in your pursuit of him, your glory will increase and your honour will increase because he has put it on you. Just turn to the person next to you and put your hand on their shoulders just so that they can feel what it feels like to have something bestowed on them. Just put your hands on as if God is bestowing it on you. Declare over them, you have been crowned with honour, magnificent, ornament, splendour of beauty and excellent. You were made to be superior and more impressive than anything else the Almighty has ever created, including the stars and the mountains. He's bestowed it on you. No, just tell them that he's bestowing it on them, on them. You're bestowed with glory and honour. Now listen, this is our finish. God said to Solomon, what can I do? And he went to him and he says, Behold, I've done according to your words. I've given you what you asked for. What did Solomon ask for? A wise and understanding heart that he might be able to rule well and he might be able to understand people. 
But God says, I have given you what you asked for so that there was none like you before you. Neither will there be anyone rising like you after you. I've given you that which you have not asked. I've given you riches and honor so that there shall not be any among the kings like you all your days. It wasn't something that he could go and get. You can't go and get honor. You can't go and say to the Lord, give me honor, give me glory. God says, I have put that on you. It's my choice. I have made you and set you apart for purpose and destiny in the earth at this time in 2016, going into 5777. God has put glory and honor on us as a company of people. He has set some things over can and nobody in this place can change that. We need to say thank you, Lord, for bestowing honor on us. I'm telling you, we are, we are coming into a day of favor in Kingdom Advance Network that is going to shift this region. And I'm going to keep saying that until you understand it's according to your faith, be it. But he has said, he has said, we found out this week that, that the population in this territory, in Burton-on-Trent, is going to increase between 30 and 50% in the next three years. <clears throat> Why? Because God has something in mind to save people. And it's going to be through us. Five of us then. It's going to be through us. So, we have been crowned with glory and honour. When you think about the word dignified, we think of an individual who is filled with their own self-importance. But dignity means that which God has bestowed on. When, when scripture speaks of man being crowned, it refers to the will of the creator to have us encompassed and surrounded by an environment of heaven itself. Everywhere Adam turned, he saw the essence of God. In the garden, he saw God everywhere. He looked out when he woke up in the morning, he saw God. Now tell me, friends, is your life like that? That everything in your life, you can say, that's got the hand of God on it. 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 Because the things that haven't are going to shift. The furniture's being removed and changed. I'm, I am saying to the Lord, I want everything in my life to be pointed to you. Everything. Take away what isn't and put in what should be. And the Lord is doing it. He's crowning us. Are you ready to work, walk worthy of your calling? Good. When you were born again, something supernatural happened. You were officially coronated by God. You didn't just receive glory. It was placed on you. The Greek word for honor is the word time. And it means value or highest degree or esteem. God says this, I esteem you the highest degree because you're my child. So I'm going to deal with low self-esteem today. If you have a low self-esteem and you think you are less than, we're going to pray that off you today. That's going to be our ministry pointer. Low self-esteem in the body of Christ will keep you back. It won't propel you forward. That is not fuel for your journey. Low self-esteem and thinking of yourself like a midget is not going to move you forward. You have to understand the crowning and the glory and the honor. So on a scale of 1 to 10, if I said to you, how crowned, how how well are you crowned with glory and honor? If you go 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, you need prayer. If you say six, seven, eight, nine, ten, I know that I'm crowned with glory and honor. I know that I have favor on my life. You, you need to be the prayers, right? We are, we are going to break off this house, low self-esteem, because God has declared your worth, and we're not struggling with that again. We are kings and priests. The Bible says 
that we have been adopted. And it says, if children, then heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs, joint heirs with Christ. Does it say that? When we understand how God took his hands and laid them on us and declared, receive your inheritance, he then, we then can realize that he's raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places with Christ Jesus. And I didn't realize that scripture was in there when I chose that song that we sang in the watch. Did, did you hear the song? We're seated together in heavenly places to rule and to reign with Jesus. Why is this important? Because Proverbs 23 verse 7 says, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So right now, Father, we say to every spirit of low self-esteem, every area of brokenness, Lord, that needs healing and repair, every place, Lord, where the enemy has battered us and torn us and said we are less than, Lord, we refuse to listen to those voices any longer, but we want to rise up, Lord, in the crowning and the honouring, Lord, of the glory that you have put on us. Father, I pray for any in here, Lord, that feel less than, less than their peers, less than their leaders, less than their employer, less than their neighbor, less than their family member. Right now, Lord, whatever the situation is, I want you to stand if you want the Lord to lift low self-esteem off you. It might be because you're going through a tough time right now and the enemy's telling you you're less than. I'm having my hand up. Anybody in here that wants to be included in the prayer, I want you to stand. Lord, where there is low self-esteem, where there has been a a less than mentality, we break it off now in the name of Jesus and we ask, Lord, for that infusing and that infilling of glory and honour. If you want somebody to pray for you, I'd like you to just come and stand here. They're simply going to put their hands on on your shoulder and they're going to lift off that low self-esteem and they're going to declare over you that you are crowned with glory and honour. If you want prayer, please come forward. If it's something that you've been battling with and you know it's an issue and you can't get up and over it, let today be the day that you come up and over it. We've got a way ahead to go. The ones that are standing here are going to do the praying. The ones that come forward and face them are going to be the ones that have it just break off that low self-esteem, minister the love of Jesus and crown them with glory and honour. Father, we thank you today. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Heal your body, Lord. Heal your body, Lord. Sibrianda, shundara de kibriende, shandor brandai. Sundara briende, shandor brakasandai. So talabriende, shandor brandai, sibriendai. Lord, we release that word, Father. We break it off now, Lord. So come and love me like you do. 
fragmented part of our being. And we say, Lord, would you heal and mend and restore? Lord, we speak into the parts, Father, that have gone awry because of the damage of the enemy and ungodly beliefs in us. And Lord, we say, pull us together before the head of the year. Cause, Lord, that fragmentation to come together. Lord, you're well able to show us areas of our lives that are fragmented. And we ask you now, Lord, to sweep over us by the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, that we might all come into a new place, Lord, of our identity being healed and whole. We thank you, Lord, that it is your loving kindness that's commanding this. And it is the love of God that is going to be, Lord, what causes us to be made whole. So we put ourselves, Lord, under your hand again and say, let your love prevail throughout the rest of this week, Lord. Let your love prevail. Thank you, Jesus. be a good time to bring our tithes and bring our offerings this morning you know God wants us to walk in favor and he wants us to walk in abundance and he's set the universe up with some principles giving is one of the principles giving is one of the things that we do it says as you give give and it will be given to you it says press down and running over we want that abundance we want that favor we want that we want to walk in that release and part of our reaping that release of his favour is in the way that we sow and in the way that we give. So this is a time where we want to bring those tithes and offerings. Lord, we just pray right now that as we give to you today, as we 
So today, Lord, you can uh, release exponential growth to us, Lord, in every area, not just in the area of finance, but in the area of health, in the area of our spheres of influence. Lord, we say today, we declare today, increase, accelerated increase, Lord, as we steward what you've given to us, that there would be that increase and that overflow, that we might bless others and that we might be able to influence a wider sphere with the kingdom. In Jesus' name.